This hour of Neil Sperry's Texas Gardening is presented by Baylor Scott and White Health. Neil and everyone here would like to thank all the good folks on the front line, the ones we see and the ones we don't see. We appreciate your hard work, keeping us healthy and hopeful in these tough times. And now here's Neil. Thank you, Stuby, very much, and thank you indeed to Baylor Scott and White Health and all that they have meant to us for the last two years. We're lapping ourselves on that one. The uh, third year is about to start on this COVID stuff. Thank you. Um, today's SPCA of te- let me before I do that before I do that let me give you the phone number. I have no phone calls right now. We have emptied all the lines. Didn't get chance to give the number right before the news. So let me give the number right now. Eight hundred two eight eight WBAP. That is eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. Please call right now. Please fill up those phone lines. The uh, talk show host is saying I would feel much better. It would help the blood pressure. It would help the anxiety. All of those things. 800-288-9227. Now, let's do the SPCA of Texas Pet of the Week. I had a Siberian Husky yesterday on KLIF as my Pet of the Week, sister station. I always put that in so you don't think I've lost my mind cross-promoting other radio stations. It's okay to do that here. And uh, I had one yesterday, and I mentioned Cosmo yesterday. Cosmo is today's dog. He's also a Siberian Husky. And uh, these are wonderful dogs, and they're beautiful dogs, both of them. I just was amazed I had two such beautiful dogs. They look very different from one another. This sweet four-year-old Siberian Husky mix is a loving fellow, a thick tan and white coat with ice blue eyes and pointed ears. He loves spending time with people. He's happiest when he's around his humans. He adores being petted, and he leans into you for more attention. Cosmo got along with kids in his previous home. He's open to meeting any other dogs that you may have to see if they're a good match for him. Cosmo loves to play with toys, and he's gentle when playing. He'd make a great addition to any family loving for a, looking for a big, fluffy pup to share their life with. Now, through February 28, tomorrow... Cosmo and all other adult dogs and cats at the SPCA of Texas, Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center, and Ellis County Animal Care Center are only $14 to adopt. You will never get a better bargain than that. $14 for a dog as beautiful as Cosmo. Cosmo is waiting to meet you at the SPCA of Texas, Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center in Dallas. I would suggest that you uh, go to the uh, online uh, link that I, I mentioned to you in just a moment. Make sure he's still there. If he is, you better better go out and, and adopt him when they open at noon today. To meet him, come visit him any day between noon and 6, like today. Just like all the pets at the SPCA of Texas, Cosmo has been neutered, microchipped, he's had all of his age-appropriate vaccines, and he's waiting for his new forever family at the SPCA of Texas, Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center, at 2400 Lone Star Drive, that's I-30 west of Hampton Road. The center is open for adoptions every day from noon until 6. Animals are available for walk-in on a first-come, first-served basis. Appointments are also available for select animals. Now here's how you can find out. Browse the available animals at spca.org slash findapet. You're going to be looking for Cosmo, C-O-S-M-O spca.org slash findapet. Visit spca.org slash dogadopt to inquire about a dog or spca.org slash catadopt to inquire about a cat. So good luck to Cosmo. Good luck to you. I hope the two of you can match up and find a great home for Cosmo. That is sponsored today by Mueller, your own storage. It seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. But let's do a little bit of math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room that you're renting, you could own your own metal storage building right there in your own backyard with a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together design, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home. You're not throwing your money away by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose. That adds style to your storage space. 
If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they are made to last. MuellerInc.com Maintaining a garden isn't easy, but it's nothing compared to what healthcare workers are facing. We join Baylor Scott and White Health in saying thank you to the front line. Thank you for working hard every day and for going all in to protect all of us. And now, back to Neil. All right. Thank you very much, Stuby. And we go back to the phones. All lines filled. Thank you for that, folks. Appreciate that. Keep doing it as we empty a line. Please fill that line. Again, let me give you the number for that uh, purpose. 800-288-9227. Nan is in Pecan Gap. Nan, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. I've got a couple of your books. I've got one, and I gave one to my brother who lives in Houston, and we both enjoyed it very much. Good. But but I'm interested in pawpaws, and that wasn't addressed in your book. Um, no. I know that here in Delta County, we're in the Blackland Prairie, so I know they're not native here, but I'm hoping maybe I can entice some zebra butterflies, zebra tail swallowtails to come. Um, I've got three in pots, but is there any possible way to add some soil to to acidify it enough or make them happy where they would grow in the ground? The problem with trying to grow large shrubs or small trees in a different soil than what they're accustomed to, uh, Nan, is that it takes so much uh, bed preparation. Uh, for example, blueberries um, and, and uh, pines and anything of that sort. It takes an area 10 feet across and, and 18 or 24 inches deep. And by the time you start adding all that peat moss, which is the most acidic of our soil amendments, by the time you start adding that to all of that, you've, you've run the cost up really high. And that's going to be your challenge. Now, you might try growing them in, in a large pot. I'm talking about a tub made out of uh, a, a, a decay-resistant wood. Maybe it's four feet by four feet by two feet deep and see how long it, you could keep them going that way. I don't know. I don't have any experience with pawpaws. They are just so much for deep East Texas, Southeast Texas, that I've never, uh, as they say, messed with them. I've never tried. I've just kind of yeah. uh, given up ahead of time because our water is, is lake water, and it's even more alkaline than the soil is. And so you after you grow them in, in a container like that for a while, the water is your enemy, and, and it defeats the purpose. And then the, the other thing that happens is that soil mix that you're uh, making up, whether it's in a big bed like we were talking about, the big wide bed, or whether it's in a container, is it decays. You know, like a compost pile will shrink uh, over time. So does the, the planting mix that you create in that container or in that bed, and you have to keep adding more and more to it. And it's just, oh... I'm I'm tired thinking about it. Uh, same <laughs> yeah. thing happens with azaleas in the blackland and and other things. It's just it's easier to find somebody online or somewhere that sells pawpaw jelly and and uh, and go that way. Well, my main interest was to try to attract, if possible, the some people have gotcha. said they found the zebra tail swallowtail um, around here once in a while, but certainly not very often. Right. Uh, I, and I, I have, I've got, uh, we I have syrup know. tubs here. We have cattle and we have these great big syrup tubs. And then the, I've used those as planters for good. blueberries. Mm-hmm. And I've grown blueberries in those. They're not huge, but they're pretty good size. And, and you're right about having to keep adding soil. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And you, you say to yourself, here I'm in Delta County. If I had just moved 20 miles more. <laughs> Yes. To the east, I'd be okay. I had, and and I don't want to belabor this too much. I have others behind you waiting for calls, but but I had a, a gentleman from Sulphur Springs area send me. I, it's my one of my most interesting questions I've ever been asked. And it came to my my Q and A column in a newspaper. 
and it was a photograph of a water oak tree. You know, they need that same kind of acidic soil. And he said, I don't understand this. I dug this tree up on the on the east side of my property, moved it in front of my house on the west side of my property, and now it's not doing anything. And, and what I come to realize was he was right on the dividing line from the red soils of East Texas and the black land right huh. in that area of Sulphur Springs over between uh, uh, Greenville and, and Commerce, somewhere in that area. It wasn't necessarily uh-huh. Sulphur Springs. And, and the, the dividing line crossed his 100-acre parcel, and the water oak was adapted over there on the east side, the back of his property, and not on the west side. That is how specific this native plant craze is. It may be native back there, but not over here. That's and fun. and that's that's what I, I say when we want to grow um, pawpaws or blueberries or something. If I just had bought property somewhere a little farther east. <laughs> so, yeah, well, oh my well. family's been here for a long time. I know. So that's that's the way I feel. I'm not moving either. I understand. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry I don't have a magic answer for you. Well, I appreciate the information, and I'm going to try the syrup tubs because they're bigger than the pots they're in. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day. Atta girl. Same to you. Thanks for the call. All right, Gene in Dallas, you stay with me, and I'll come to you next, and then Hillary and Maypearl. I'm getting a nice uh, tour of North Texas. This is good. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I did not include uh, pawpaws in there, and and it would have been a, a thousand and three hundred forty-four pages if I had uh, put it and other things at that level in. They are fun, though. There's just not a lot online even on them. Let me tell you about my book, though. Uh, it's thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. And for a gardening reference, it probably will save you a lot more than that in six months, much less uh, the the life uh, of your gardening activities and of this book. I think you'll find it will save you a ton of money. Uh, it makes a great housewarming gift. It makes a great birthday present. It makes a great gift to yourself if you enjoy gardening. If you're a new homeowner, it makes a, a very useful tool. It covers all topics of outdoor gardening for all parts of Texas. If you have been befuddled by your lawn or by your landscape plants or you just want to add more color and don't know what colors, uh, what annuals and perennials to add, if you think that perennials are easier than annuals, you really need the book. That's a fallacy. And I explain why in the book. If uh, you're trying to grow uh, uh, turf grass and you don't know why it's not growing in the shade of your trees, I explain why. All kinds of information to help you be more successful. 344 pages laid out so it's easy to find the information. 840 photos to show you the best plants and to show you some of the problem situations. It's printed in Texas because I didn't want to send my book out of country to be printed. It's on high-quality paper, and it is a hardback. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon because I didn't want to work with a publisher who would just be trying to chisel the cost down and down and down so they could make more and more money. I left the cost down at thirty-six ninety-five. This book would be fifty-five dollars if it'd gone through a publishing house. It's thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. I obviously don't keep any of that, and uh, it'll be a signed copy. I sign them as I sell them, and uh, you have to buy it either from my website or by calling my office. The only two places you can buy it. I hope you'll I hope you'll give it a try. Nothing to lose because you get your money back if you're not happy. I have not had one person ask for their money back out of 74,000 copies sold. Fifth printing is available. Sixth printing is on the presses, but it's been pulled off. They're out of paper, waiting on the paper mills. Supply chain, oh my. Here are the two ways you can order it. The fifth printing is perfect. I, I luckily ordered the sixth printing way ahead of time. Fifth printing is uh, essentially the very same. Uh, my office phone number, Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. When the people at Advanced Foundation Repair called to say they wanted me to do ads for their company, I told them I'd need references, people for whom they'd done work. 
I spent several weeks checking them all out, and the reviews were just fabulous. That was more than 20 years ago, and people are still thanking me for referring them to these leaders in the foundation repair industry. Affordable, innovative, honest, punctual, it's advanced foundation repair. 214-333-0003, foundationrepairs.com. Severe storms in Texas pop up quickly with wind and hail that can damage your roof. Call Wortham Brothers Roofing at 972-562-5788. Schedule your free roof inspection or visit wbroofing.com. They've been in business more than 28 years. Wortham Brothers Roofing provides the highest quality workmanship materials and service. That's Wortham Brothers Roofing. 972-562-5788. wbroofing.com. This hour is sponsored by Baylor Scott and White Health, and they are great. We uh, in the Sperry family have known that for many, many years now, a couple of decades, and I hope your family has experienced the same kind of highest level of uh, medical care. We owe them a great deal of thanks. Let me explain, uh, and I'm going to take a little time to, to talk about this group of incredibly hardworking people, the ones who keep us healthy and happy. There are beloved healthcare workers who are out there on that front line, and uh, they have the hardest job of all of our jobs. We owe each and every one of them a giant thank you for putting up with us. I, it doesn't say that in my script, but I added that over this uh, uh, 24 months of COVID. Thank you for never giving in. Thank you for never settling for good enough. You gave it your very best all of that time. It's not easy to protect us from COVID, but we see you showing up every day and giving every ounce of your energy. We know what you've been through. A lot of us have been through similar things, but my goodness, they're out there hour on hour on hour, every hour, doing their thing and doing it beautifully. To you, my listener, remember there are plenty of ways that you can show your appreciation. First of all, when you hear that somebody is a nurse or a doctor, say thank you. It must have been really tough. Say thank you. And get a vaccination. Get yourself vaccinated. There is no reason not to. If you have a reason, it better be a good one, please. It just And wear a mask when you go into, into a crowd. It's not that big a deal. My wife and I went to a concert at a high school night before last, and even our grandson, who is 12, uh, 12 wore a mask, and we didn't ask him to. He, he just wears a mask. It's just good logical sense for the flu, if nothing else. Those are great ways to show your support and tell your friends about how much we need to say thank you. One more big thank you to Baylor Scott and White Health, especially to the front line, for all that you do to keep us safe. So here it is. Thank you. Gardeners are all about keeping plants healthy and protected, and the same should go for our loved ones. Together with Baylor Scott and White Health and the hardworking healthcare front line, we urge you to get the shot, mask up, and stay safe. And remind your family and friends to do the same. And now, back to Neil. All right, Stuby, thank you, sir. Let's go to Gene in Dallas. Gene, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, Neil, my home faces west. Years ago, I asked your suggestion on shrubs, and of your suggestions, I planted Carissa hollies and Nandinas. Okay. At the same time, I planted a live oak. Well, that live oak has gotten huge, and now the front yard is shaded. Uh, the Nandinas and the Carissa hollies are not doing well, and I figure it's because not enough sun. So I think I need to replace them. And would like your suggestions on what to replace them with. All right. I would still go back in with hollies. It may be that the carissas have gotten too dry at some point or have worn out over time. That does happen. Um, I have I have both uh, uh, both examples in my landscape, carissas that I've had for 35 years that look fabulous and carissas that... I let get too dry that were in an area where the sprinklers malfunctioned and they got too dry once over a period of uh, about a month. Uh, not dry the whole time, but it just didn't get quite enough water. And uh, I'm going to replace them and, and redo that part of my landscape in the next month or so. I have the plants bought already. Um, but I also have some carissas to put back in there because they were a good choice in the first place. I, 
the Nandinas, I agree, may not be the best choice beneath a live oak. Beneath deciduous trees, they're good because they still color up in the in the winter uh, in the winter when the trees are bare, but not not under live oaks. Um, I think you need to stick with hollies of the various sorts. Uh, the other dwarf hollies would be uh, would be dwarf Burford holly, dwarf Yopon, and even dwarf Chinese holly, which is harder to find now than it used to be, but it's an outstanding dwarf holly. Uh, I still use it a lot, uh, but I have to hunt more to find it. Um, then going up a little bit in size, if you have uh, if you have need for something six to eight feet tall or ten feet no, tall, don't then, need, then willow leaf. Don't need the height. Okay, don't need the height. All right, then uh, you could use Akuba. Uh, I, the one I like uh, of all of them, the only one I like a lot is uh, is the standard gold dust Akuba. It'll get about four feet tall, four or five feet tall. I use Leatherleaf Mahonia, which is uh, Mahonia. Uh, Belii, it it is very prickly but beautiful. Um, you need to put it uh, kind of where you would have had Nandinas, uh, and it needs that total shade or does very well in it. But don't have it right out in the foreground because it's uh, it is prickly, but it's it's beautiful all year long. Gray green leaves are kind of bluish green leaves, and then the yellow flowers in the middle of the winter, followed by uh, blue gray uh, berries in clusters like grapes. Uh, the birds love it. It's it's just a lovely plant. Um, I have Aspidistra. Uh, you are calling from Dallas, so you're uh, you're going to do all right with Aspidistra. You would probably want to have frost cloth to cover it in extreme cold, but it's a big, bold, tall ground cover, 24 inches tall, with big leaves that look like canna leaves, um, and and so that gives me another dimension. Liriope is a tall ground cover, giant liriope. Just thinking of things that I have that are between 15 and 30, 36 inches tall um, in my well, landscape. Well, I have oak leaf hydrangeas. They're taller than that, but they're not huge. What was the Chinese holly you mentioned that was hard to dwarf, find? Dwarf Chinese holly. It's the oldest oh. of all of them. Uh, of, uh, and, uh, it grows about like a Carissa holly will in size. It gets about three feet tall and about four feet wide. And could be kept a little bit smaller. It's very prickly, but very pretty. I have it. I have it on one side of our front walk to our front door, and Carissa on the other. And there are people who say, "Oh, I can't have that. It's too prickly." And I always say, "I have it on one side of my front walk, and there's not been one person ever who has complained." Man, why do you have such a prickly plant by your front door? Nobody's ever walked through it. I mean, they see it as pointed leaves. They just walk down the sidewalk. That's where you're supposed to walk. So, okay, but the Carissa, you think I may have let it get dry? You don't think I don't, it's the shade? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell without seeing it. But it's it's yeah. worth replanting and, and work up the bed and, and uh, uh, redoing. It's it's a very good shrub, and it's it's the most common uh, holly that we have now for low uh, use. I have a news break coming up. I've got to hit hard time. But, but oh, those yeah. are those are some of the best. All right. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate you, it. You are very welcome, Gene. Thank you. Kevin in Duncanville, Brian in Canton, you're coming up right after this, so I'll be happy to help you. Stay with me. Whiskey Stone, since 1983, they have been leaders in the nursery and landscaping industry, not only from a standpoint of leading the industry, but also leading in stone. 22 acres of glorious stone, a stone for every project. It's just fun to go there to look around. They're at 4501. East Loop 820 South, far southeast Fort Worth, almost to Arlington, for example. And their phone number is 817-429-0822. That's 817-429-0822, whiz-q.com. Mike and Derek Wisnan own and operate WhizQ Stone, second to third generation family business. They have stone from decorative pea gravel, all the way up to gigantic boulders and everything in between for retaining walls and patios, for pool decking, for uh, uh, landscaping boulders and beautiful river rock and anything else your heart could wish. And they deliver anywhere you can hear me. Again, 4501 East Loop 820 South in Southeast Fort Worth. It's WhizQ Stone, 817-429-0822, whiz-q.com. Open Monday through Saturday. 
Whiskey Stone. 100 years serving DFW. Trending now. Trending now. On WBAP and WBAP.com. There is a chance Ukraine and Russia might start talking to each other. I'm Dennis Martin from the Audi Dallas WBAP 24-7 News Desk. ClassicChevrolet.com, WBAP first traffic and weather on the ones. An accident in Grand Prairie is blocking the right lane of eastbound I-20 at Highway 161, the Bush Turnpike. Construction's closed HOV lanes both east and westbound I-30 between Jim Miller Road and Northwest Drive. For WBAP's first traffic on the ones, I'm Dennis Martin. Now the WBAP forecast. It'll be sunny and cool today, the high of 56 degrees. Monday, mostly sunny, a little warmer too. The high temperature on Monday should be 62. Right now, 36 degrees in Fort Worth, 38 in Dallas. Russians say they've sent a delegation to Belarus to talk with a delegation from Ukraine. However, until just a few minutes ago, there was no indication the Ukrainians were willing to meet with the Russians. We have now just heard from Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, that he wants to negotiate and that he is willing to send a team to the border of Belarus to negotiate unconditionally. There are some concerns about the safety of that team. If they leave the capital, uh, Russia has been known to kidnap, even poison leaders. Uh, so it's unclear when that will happen. That is Fox News reporter Jennifer Griffin reporting from the Pentagon. The Ukrainian American Society of Texas be holding a rally today to support Ukrainian citizens who are now being attacked by the Russians. A rally will take place at St. Sophia's Catholic Church in the colony. Starts at 1130 this morning. Governor Greg Abbott is asking all Texas retailers to boycott Russian products. Governor wants them to voluntarily remove all Russian items from their store shelves. I'm Dennis Martin. Our next news update will be at 10 o'clock. Check back several times throughout your day and stay informed with News Talk 820 WBAP 995 FMHD2 and WBAP.com. Thank you, Dennis, very much. Let me tell you about Ace Hardware right now and invite you to get in and meet some very helpful, friendly people. You'll meet them as quickly as you go in the front door of Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with those helpful hardware folks. They have local experts who are there to help you with local problems. They understand local situations, and that is very important. They have local buyers. They buy for their own stores. It's very important. You're not being given uh, things, plants and, and things and products that are intended for some other part of America. You get local things. If you're looking for a way to prevent weeds for a beautiful lawn all season long, stop by your locally owned North Texas Ace retailer for Scott's Weed X Prevent with Halts. A single application of Scott's Weed X Prevent with Halts now, actually in early March, can prevent crabgrass and grass burrs and problem weeds of other sorts, other grassy sorts. You need the second application 90 days later, so between March 5 and 15 and repeated June 5 to 15, and you will see those disappear. Do you see something disappear? You see the absence of those in your lawn. You say, that really worked. That was good. Rain, snow, or freezing weather won't affect the product's performance, so you don't have to worry about the elements after you've applied it. Now, let's go through that name once again. First of all, the name is Ace Hardware in North Texas, and it's uh, the uh, product is Scott's Weed X, E-X, Weed X Prevent with halts. You need to ask for it by name when you go in there. Tell me you heard about it here on the air. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's the stuff. You behave and you listen to the police when they tell you what to do. People are talking about. 99% of this stuff wouldn't even happen. News Talk 820 WBAP. WBAP.com. Wortham Brothers is ready to help you with any kind of hail damage you might have had. As much as anything, just to assess whether you had hail damage a couple of nights ago. It was quite a storm, and it uh, it hit big parts of North Texas. If you were in that path of the hail, they know exactly where that path was. It's amazing to watch them pull up on their computers. Yes, you are right there in the hail path, no question of that. 
and uh, the insurance companies have that same access. So have Wortham Brothers come out, go up on your roof and take a look, and they will take photos of your roof. They can see the things that need to be seen to show you where the hail uh, hit, what it damaged. If if you had hail, it would have damaged the roof. It would have damaged the... um, uh, the valleys, it would have damaged any guttering that you have. Other things may have knocked out windows. You saw a lot of examples of that on the news in in, uh, uh, in Wise County, for example. It was a terrible thing. And so wherever you were, if you had hail damage, then you need to contact, or if you think you might have, you need to contact the folks at Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. They serve all of the Metroplex, and they want to help you. You don't want to succumb to the people that knock on your door and and offer to help, because they probably are not uh, long-term local company businesses. Uh, There are a lot of companies that just kind of fly through town when this happens and uh, probably are gone as soon as they get some kind of down payment. Wortham Brothers, a second-generation family business in roofing in the Metroplex since 1986. They did our roof. We are thrilled. 972-562-5788, wbroofing.com. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company, 972-562-5788. You don't just want your garden to grow. You want it to flourish, much like our hopes for living in a world without COVID. Let's join Baylor Scott & White Health in saying a big old thank you to the front line. They're doing what it takes to keep hope flourishing, and we need that now more than ever. And now, back to Neil. Thank you, Stuby. Do remember to sign up for my free electronic newsletter, eGardens. You can see what it looks like on my website at neilsperry.com. Uh, there is the, the latest issue is there waiting for you to look at it. Uh, click on the eGardens tab at my website, neilsperry.com, and uh, you'll always see a featured plant of the week, a featured question of the week, and gardening this weekend where I outline things you need to do and uh, in in the ensuing three days comes out thursday evening at 6 p.m we have about eighty thousand subscribers it is free and always will be i will never give or sell your email address to anybody go ahead and sign up we'd love to have you there it's neil sperry's egardens at neilsperry.com we have one line open right now at 800-288-wbap that's 800-288-9227 and we go to kevin in duncanville kevin this is neil good morning good morning neil yes sir yeah okay so um, i have a story which because they say stories communicate things better last august i was out in my yard getting ready to mow the grass harming no one except the rebellious grass when suddenly i was swarmed by a group of yellow jackets Ooh. Yeah, not a pretty day. Uh, I survived, um, and after about two weeks of really exotic treatments with uh, where we found them, uh, we finally got rid of them. And uh, but my question to you is: Is what? there a plant that might have might have attracted the yellow jackets? Or where were they? Where did might... you find them? They were ac- actually uh, in a dead log that we had under our shed. Wow! And they were yellow jackets, not some kind of bee. I'm pretty sure they were yellow jackets. Yeah, and they were they were pretty aggressive. Oh yeah, yellow jackets and mockingbirds got the same uh, the same sweetness genes. <laughs> yeah, well, not. <laughs> yeah. But when I get attacked by mockingbirds, I'll give you another call. But in the meantime, well, what what I have always found in in my experience outdoors, uh, I've not seen them in in a, a an old log, but that certainly is possible. Usually, that's been bees in my case, but. Um, they're usually in shrubs. I find them in shrubs up against the house. They mm-hmm. love to build there, and even more than that, most usually they're up in the eaves of the of the roof. We have an awning over our back uh, on our deck, over our sliding glass doors, and they love to build up under that awning. And uh, so I keep an eye on that awning, and and when I see a yellow jacket starting a, a nest. I have a, I'll either get a long, it's a 48-inch yardstick or a, a broom handle. I now, in, in uh, not in my 20s anymore, I need about a 48-foot yardstick. <laughs> so it won't run okay. quite as quickly, but I'll knock it down. And uh, I try to do that before there are very many of them. Uh, sometimes I'll see them up in the eaves way up on the second floor. And I, the one thing you don't want to do is, uh, if at all possible, you don't want to use one of the, I'll just use the, the phrase, long throw uh, 
wasp and hornet killing sprays uh, that, where you can stand a distance away and spray into shrubs because those have a propellant that will will kill the leaves of the shrubs. It will really burn the shrubs. It's cold. It freezes the leaves, and so you don't want to use those. But they're usually in shrubs or up in the eaves. I've not encountered them in the in the logs before. Yeah, in, it was a surprise to me, and I just thought, well, you know, I've been in this house for over 10 years and never seen anything like that before. Well, we we encounter things like that. That's the, in this case, not, but usually that's the, the beauty of nature is you never know what to expect. Um, not not the case now, though, with that. I'm sorry that happened. Uh, for folks who are not aware, uh, let me just uh, have a soapbox for a second. Uh, wasps, um, mud daubers, a lot of these things are not particularly aggressive and are beneficial insects in nature. I, I tell my uh, 12-year-old grandson this all the time. He's paranoid if we get a, a wasp, uh, like a, a mud dauber, in the house. We live in the country, and, and that happens once in a while. I say, don't worry about it. I will catch it in a in a jar. We'll put a piece of cardboard over the jar and take it outside. A little thin piece of four by eight, six by eight card, four by eight card, um, four by six, and we'll take it outside and release it, and it'll be okay. Yellow jackets, not so much. They are ultra aggressive. They see you. They come up from behind and they sting you, and they are really painful. They burn. Yeah, it's two weeks of misery. Yeah, well, I've never been stung by more than one. If you get a whole bunch of them, that really does sound more like like bees coming after you. But you saw them, so you know. Um, my wife did. I'm legally blind, but she saw them, and she said, yeah, they're definitely yellow jackets. So. Okay. Well, I, I don't have anything more to offer. I would uh, have her do some searching online to see if there's anything more. Uh, enter the keyword university entomology, yellow jackets, and you may find some help of, of how to avoid them. I think that's probably the place to start. All right. Thank you for your help. Good luck with it. I'm so sorry. That's it's no good. Uh, one of the things that guys who mow yards for a living or as a hobby uh, and who uh, don't have big heads of hair like Neil uh, learn is that mockingbirds will thump you so hard if they have a nest near where you're mowing or working. And you learn to appreciate mockingbirds. They're beautiful songbirds. But, oh, my goodness, they can thump you like a like a rock out of a slingshot so anyway let's go to brian in canton brian this is neil good morning uh good morning neil yes sir nice talking to you finally been listening to you for years thank you um got, i've got several things going on uh mistletoe this stuff is eating and killing everything on my property uh, the tornadoes got me uh back in 2000 what 17 or 18 when we got hit i lost a couple hundred trees all my cedars and large oaks are gone, and uh, mm. the, the oaks that made it, the uh, the mistletoe is getting in there, and it seems to uh, be taking them over, and uh, what's left is dying from it. Is there any way to cure that, cut it out? Will that work? You can cut it out. Uh, mistletoe is a parasitic plant. Uh, you have To cut it out, you have to get it when it's small. Uh, I'm going to give you the whole explanation of it. It is parasitic. It is carried from plant to plant by birds. Uh, they carry it on their on their beaks and on their feet, and uh, the the fruit um, uh, is very sticky. They'll get that on their beaks when they try to eat the fruit, and they will wipe it on the on the twigs where they perch. And oh, uh, they, like they don't they don't perch on the big branches; they perch on the small ones that are the size of your finger or smaller. And they'll wipe the seeds off. The seeds sprout and and germinate into the wood of the of the twigs as the twigs grow and become larger so does the mistletoe it it roots in starts taking the the moisture and nutrients right out of the twig and by the time the mistletoe makes a great big clump and we notice it from the ground then usually that twig has become a branch and so to prune it out at that point you have to remove a great big branch of the tree and you don't want to do that uh, just right. merely nipping it off at that point doesn't get rid of it because the roots are still there. Just like cutting a shrub off at the ground doesn't get rid of it, it comes right back. Same thing is true with mistletoe. So the secret is to have a really good eagle eye, and when you see just a small piece of it getting started, then nip off that, that twig. Uh, you're not going to disfigure the tree if you if you remove a twig the size of a human finger. 
uh, as opposed to a branch uh, that's uh, four inches in diameter. There is no spray that will kill mistletoe without killing the host tree because they are one and the same. They have grafted together by the rooting of the of the mistletoe seed. So, how far back would I have to cut that limb to actually acquire the? Uh, just behind the, the mistletoe. Stone. Yeah, just a couple right. inches behind the mistletoe. Okay, and another problem is uh, my raised gardens. Uh, they both gardens are pretty large. Uh, have been attacked uh, constantly by fire ants. They get up underneath the landscape cloth that I uh, cut out and put the uh, plants down on, and uh, the fire ants build these nests up underneath it and raise it. It's like it's swollen up. And wow. you go to get in there and start cleaning the garden, picking weeds or something that might get in there, and they eat you alive in there. They eat the fruit and everything. Yeah. Uh, you can use an area-wide bait around the perimeter of the garden. That has a legal label clearance. Uh, when the garden is empty, you can use mound treatments within the garden. Um, they are not given label clearance for use in uh, a garden that has edible crops in it still. But once you're through in that part of the garden, you can go in with a mound treatment and, and kill the fire ants that are in that mound. But the baits are, are all that is labeled for, for use. Um, of course, you can pour boiling water in it and things of that sort, but that's... Um, that's, a, that's a, not going to give you much long-term control. The baits really work quite well. They're Fipronil baits. I need to amplify on that. Or uh, Amdro, you have a couple of choices. Would that be on your uh, website? Yes, sir. Reference to that? Okay. Yes, sir, in the FAQs. Okay. Now, the Leland Cypress, what's the deal with that stuff? It has a – yeah, I've – let me answer this one, then I need to move on. But but uh, Leyland Cypress has a very serious uh, disease called ceridium canker that uh, moved in about 15 years ago, and uh, the plants start losing one branch at a time. And when you look at the trunk, uh, you'll see black ooze running down the trunk, just like uh, bad mascara running down. And uh, that is evidence of that disease. Uh, there is no turnaround. It, it's fatal and uh, no one has found a, a control for it. It moved from Leyland Cypress to Arizona Cypress and Italian Cypress, so we've got all three of them. Um, they really should not be planted any longer, and I hate it for Arizona Cypress because that's a lovely plant that, that was very functional in our landscapes, but it, it started succumbing about four or five years ago to my observations. Maybe it was earlier than that, but I didn't see it before that. But Leyland Cypress has had a real problem for uh, probably 15 years. So anyway, hey, I appreciate your call, Brian. Thank you so much. You're in a pretty part of the state. Uh, Jeremy and Carrollton, you'll be coming up in just a moment. Let me get my last break in here. And uh, it will uh, begin with my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Chapter 2, I want to concentrate on this time. It is that calendar. I've never had this in a book before. It's 48 pages, four pages per month. We're about to, to turn a page to March here in a couple of days. And the calendar uh, chapter, chapter 2, would tell you all the things that you need to do in March. And March is incredibly busy. It's going to tell you that March is the time in our area, for example, to apply a pre-emergent weed killer. It will tell you that March is the time to apply the pre-emergent weed killer right away if you're in South Texas, and late March if you're way up in the panhandle. So it, it is geared for various parts of the state. All the things that you plant in March, all your vegetables in exactly what part of March, uh, the same with your uh, your uh, uh, annual flowers, those that can handle a light freeze. What needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in the month of March or April or May? 48 pages of that information so you'll be right on track of doing the right things at the right time. It has, it has 344 total pages of information on all aspects of lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit, and vegetables. 840 of my photographs and uh, more than 25 multi-page charts. It's written for every county in the state of Texas. It's a hardback printed in San Antonio because I didn't want to see printed in China or some other country 
on the outside of my book that says Lone Star Gardening. That just didn't seem right. Now in its fifth, well, it's now in its sixth printing, but that's been halted because of a paper shortage. Thank you, uh, supply chain. I ordered early because I knew we might run out of the fifth printing. I still have some, but don't delay. If you want to get this, you need to get it bought right away. That's Neil's phrase, Lone Star Gardening. Not in stores and not on Amazon because I wanted to be able to sign every copy for you. And uh, that's what you'll be getting, a signed copy along with a complete satisfaction guarantee or a full refund. Here are the two ways you can buy it, not in stores, not on Amazon. You get it from my office, either by calling the office Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. The better way by far is to order it right now. And that's from my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Hello, friends. This is Tommy Brummett, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown McKinney, inviting you to join us for worship. You can join us in person in McKinney and in Melissa, or join us online. Find out all options at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, where the love of God is proclaimed and everyone is welcome. Thank you, Tommy, very, very much. Our pastor, our church, and uh, you're welcome to join the live stream, and that will come up at uh, 10.05. There also is in-person service at 11.10. Both of those are are in-person if you wish at 315 North Church Street in downtown McKinney. Um, And I will say it again, I don't mean to presuppose what Tommy will be saying about things, but I rather imagine that he, like I and many of the rest of us, are praying for Ukraine at uh, at this time in our lives. Let me tell you about Advanced Foundation Repair. I hope you never need them, but I know there's a practical side of life and that is that you probably will. Uh, This is a great company. I've advertised for them for 26 years. I've used their services twice. You say, twice? I thought you said that they do their work and good for the lifetime of the house. Well, it is. That's not the point. The point is that I had two buildings. I had our house, and I had another building that I bought. It was an old house I bought and used as my office for 24 years, and they helped both of those mightily. Our home had one room, a big sunroom, that was poured separately from the foundation of our house, and there's a problem there. Didn't uh, didn't join up so well, and Advanced Foundation Repair knew exactly what to do, and they did it, and they did it wonderfully and affordably and quickly, and it was a perfect fix. You'll have the same kind of reaction to the work that they do for you. Their home inspection is absolutely without cost and without obligation. You uh, have them come out. They will they will do a complete analysis of your foundation. If there is a problem, they will show you what it is and how bad it is, and they will tell you what it would cost to repair it. If there is no problem found, they'll tell you that, and they'll thank you for having them out. That's Advanced Foundation Repair. They have patented several processes in the foundation repair system that they have developed, and they give you that guarantee good for the lifetime of the house, transferable owner to owner to owner. They have led their industry into the 21st century. They are the flag carriers. They're great. FoundationRepairs.com. That's plural, foundationrepairs.com. And here's the phone number. It's 214-333-0003. It's Advanced Foundation Repair. One more time, 214-333-0003. Gardening advice is only helpful when people actually hear it. And the same goes for telling folks about all the things our healthcare workers are doing to protect us from COVID. So share the word on social media. Remind your friends and family to say thank you to the front line. And now back to Neil. All right, Snoopy, thank you so much. And let's go back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jeremy in Carrollton. Jeremy, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. Uh, I've been listening to you since I was uh, seven years old. And as I speak, I'm 45 <laughs> years old. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 
I owe you a lot, sir. Thank you. But Thank you. Uh, you referenced briefly in this week's uh, email newsletter about removing dead stubble off of grass in the coming weeks. And can you just take a moment to clarify that maybe if there's a difference between removing the stubble and the term scalping, uh, and so, what are the benefits, and, you know, what, why do you do it, specifically right. in Bermuda? All right. The, uh, the two terms that you used are the same. They are, they are synonymous. Um, the winter-killed stubble is just the brown blades and, and stem stubble that have been browned by the cold weather. And scalping is the removal of the aforementioned. The reason that you do it is, uh, uh, first of all, I always tell people it is primarily aesthetic, uh, so it is optional. Uh, it's not going to make your lawn live any longer or by June look much better. Um, I, I would want to do it uh, if I had a Bermuda lawn. Uh, I have St. Augustine in, in what lawn I have. Um, and, uh, but, and, and I do scalp the St. Augustine, but here is, here is the reason for Bermuda, especially, uh, it allows you to drop the lower, uh, the mower blade one notch lower. You get rid of all that brown tissue so that the sun's rays will hit the soil and warm it up faster. So it's, the grass is going to green up more quickly. Um, that's going to help. You're also getting rid of any or, or many of the existing weeds. Many of them are weak enough that they don't come back. If you have any henbit, if you have any chickweed, these are two common winter broadleafed weeds. They both will be gone when you scalp the lawn. They just don't have enough stem resilience to come back. Um, scalping also... Um, uh, just well, it just gets everything off to a good start, and it allows you when you fertilize or put out the granules for pre-emergent weed control. It allows them to hit the soil uh, directly and and uh, evenly. Um, it would be something you would do in the first couple of weeks of, uh, of March, uh, as opposed to dethatching. That's where people uh, or aerating. That's where people usually get confused, and that's usually not necessary. Uh, that would be done to remove the the layer of undecomposed, impenetrable organic matter that is beneath the runners. Most people don't have that in their lawns, and so that's that's where they they get off track sometimes. Did that help? Yeah, it's incredibly clear, and I just I it just seems to me up and down the street there's debate about whether you do it or not, and this lawn did it, and that lawn didn't, but both of them look good and. That's exactly right. Yeah, it is. It is totally negotiable, and and uh, it is a very dusty, dirty job. And if you have uh, propensity to allergies, I would be very careful in doing it. Wear a high quality respirator and and goggles because it's a mess. Hey, I appreciate your call, Mike Bass. Nice job, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next week, happy gardening.